Hello, my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm your Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. That guy over there, you can't see him, but you can hear him. He's, he's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy Kevin Costner Day, Joe. That isn't actually a thing. I think it should be. Kevin was born on this day in 1955, and I love Kevin Costner, so I want him to be celebrated on this day every year. Kevin Costner having a bit of a renaissance uh, with uh, Yellowstone. It's it's uh, sweeping the nation. I don't know if it's a popular show over where you are, but people fucking love it over here. I'll be honest with you. I hadn't even heard of it until you mentioned it just now. Okay, maybe worth diving into in the future when we need some content. Coming up on today's show, uh, we're still getting into the swing of 2022, but it's time we talked a little bit about the GPI. That's the, the Global Poker Awards. What is Index. that? Index. Index, sorry. The nominations are out for the GPA, G- GPI, GPAs, the Global Poker Awards. Uh, meanwhile, the GPI Players of the Year have been announced. Obviously, that is not a secret. No. That has been tallied up over the course of 2021. And we have got one of those winners on the show, Nadia Magnus. She was uh, on the big game, for those of you who don't know. Uh, someone I interact with very early in my television career. We'll be speaking to her later as well as reacting to other nominations in the GPI GPAs. Uh, we are back to regular time this week as far as Sunday Millions are concerned. Another winner was crowned this week in a very swingy way. And this week's super fan is Jason Williams. His chosen topic is American Pie. And James, I have forgotten about American Pie and what an important uh, no pun intended. What a seminal movie this was <laughs> for me back at the time. Yeah. Um, and it kind of reminded me of something in that there have been a few times in my life that uh, it started. It's I'll, it, I'll tell you this. It started with Sean Astin. And when I was a kid, I was a big Goonies fan. And I had a couple of dreams when I was a kid that I was pals with Sean Astin. Cut to later in life. A couple of times I got to hang out and be really chummy. And pals with Sean Astin. Same thing happened with Norm MacDonald. Same thing happened with Mike Lee and Black. All because of poker, by the way. But as far as American Pie is concerned, Shannon Elizabeth um, is maybe the first biggest crush I've ever had in my entire life. Um, Is the first and maybe only time I've ever bought a Playboy magazine was because Shannon Elizabeth was featured in the magazine. I didn't know anything about this person, but I just remember falling madly, madly in love with her. And then as a result, due to poker, uh, I got to spend a New Year's Eve with her one time and got a big fat kiss on the lips at midnight. And I had forgotten about this story, and it just just reminded me how fucking awesome poker has been to me in my life, that I've gotten to meet four legitimate heroes of mine and had really amazing experiences with all of them on the flip side my only interactions with shannon elizabeth were when she appeared on shark cage and was (laughs) not a happy camper and then a few months later when we streamed from florida the seminal hard rock poker open and uh, shannon was the host of that event and she joined us in the commentary booth and i knew i knew that we shouldn't go there but we asked her anyway about shark cage and she literally gave the kind of like "Uh uh-uh symbol and it went awkwardly quiet in the commentary box for a good thirty seconds. It was a it was a um, it was a much different experience then. Yes, I will agree. Did, did not have the same um, affection from Shannon later in life. No, 
By the way, I have gone back and rewatched that Shark Cage Heat. I think it was from season one of the show. And I actually think we probably were a little bit unkind to Shannon. I actually really feel for her now. I don't think the rest of the table was being particularly pleasant. I think you could say that some of their behavior was bordering on bullying. Do I think she should have listened when she was told the rules? Yes, but that still doesn't excuse the way she was being treated by some of the other players at the table. So that's my hot take on a poker show from 2014. I mean, Uh, look, she probably didn't deserve it. However, I think looking back at it on kind of rose-colored glasses, you know, whatever amount of sort of, we'll just call it for pun intended, caginess she was uh, displaying didn't really all come across on TV. And maybe the players were a little more justified in in being catty with her because she was giving it to them first. That's all I'm going to say. Or maybe they were unfair. I was there for the recording, Joe. I saw the unedited version, and I, 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 I don't think the edit really hid anything. I just think it was probably, it was my least favorite shark cage heat. Let's put it that way. As far as American Pie is concerned, I haven't seen it in years. I do fear that a movie with this subject matter and some of the gags in it might not have stood the test of time well but yeah, we'll probably. talk about that later <laughs> suffice to say if you want to apply to be on superfan versus Stapes, discord is the place to go there is a dedicated pokestars discord server the link is in the podcast description and there are dedicated channels on that server to this show uh, shout out to a couple of people who've posted on that channel in the last few days chirp uh, funny thing watching the broadcast as you talk about chat pros. This was the other week when we did the Winter Series main event. Uh, Chirp asks, please make a segment of the best chat pro comments. And my reaction to this is I'm 50-50. On the one hand, I agree it would be very funny. On the other hand, I hate celebrating or shining a spotlight on idiocy. Yeah, well, I mean, look, our first chat pro comment comes from a guy named Chirp who thinks uh, he should tell us what to do on the podcast. No, um, <laughs> I actually am half and half on this. Only I love highlighting idiocy. It's just that some of these things are so contextual, I'm not really sure it will work to, uh, to, you know, to, to rebuild whatever situation happened on the podcast. But if we come across something, uh, it's, it's a fine idea, Chirp. And if we come across something that we absolutely have to talk about later, I, I'll keep it in mind now. Uh, And Don Pree is among those providing feedback on last week's episode. Don says, I don't know what may be wrong with me, but honest to God, I nearly collapsed laughing during Joe's game. It was such fun. The confusion (laughs) with the rules was podcast gold. I stand stand by my description of the game being the most ill-conceived, poorly executed and most entertaining in the history of this show. I want to defend it, but I also want to accept most entertaining. So we'll just fucking move on, I guess. <laughs> uh, speaking of gold, I uh, I was just kind of wanted to have a, a weekend at home last weekend. You know, I don't I, I'm not really trying to judge people right now who are going out or can go out. It's totally fine. Um, I'm picking and choosing my battles, right, for like what kinds of events I want to do and face Omicron. So in order to sort of entice uh, us to stay home over the weekend. I went out and bought just some random sports cards. Uh, I went to the sports card store. I was like, look, we'll have a couple drinks Friday night. We'll rip over some sports card opens. But it wasn't. Sorry, sports cards is the wrong term because uh, the salesman, he saw me coming a mile away, right, in the sports card store. And uh, they had this box of Marvel cards. Um, you not- walked through the door and he was like, there's a nerd who'll buy this shit. 
I think you left out the words big and fat. Yes, there's a big fat nerd who will buy this shit. So um, I was just like, look, what's like, because sports cards, right? A box of sports cards is like seven, eight, between $700 and $1,100, right? And I was like, what's just kind of fun? Me and my girlfriend are going to have fun opening it up. Uh, and he's like, this is 150 bucks. this box of Marvel cards. And it's not MCU cards. It's, uh, you know, Marvel comic cards. So there's, you know, right. hundreds and hundreds of characters in it. And I ended up opening up the uh, this entire box. But in one pack, there's a really cool one-of-one artist sketch, like a, like drawn on the card of Rogue from the X-Men. Ooh, cool. And I'm not sure that that card would fetch $150 or more, but I thought it was cool enough that I didn't feel ripped off getting the box. And what was really cool about it is I opened, like there's all these characters in it that I, I'd never heard of before. There's one called the Jack of Hearts that's pretty cool that I kind of think is fitting, you know, sort of for what I have going on in my life. And then I opened a character called Moon Knight. Is this the character that Oscar Isaac's playing in the new yeah. Marvel movie? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show. I'm not sure. I, I, I think they might be airing on Disney Plus as a TV show. But um, but yeah, it was kind of interesting that I'd never heard of Moon Knight. And then all of a sudden, like two days later, the Moon Knight trailer dropped. So that was cool. Absolutely. Um, uh, t- TV-wise, look, in a couple of weeks, we're going to get uh, we're gonna do the big TV roundup with Sam week. Greenwood. It's the next episode. Sorry, next week, yes. Yeah. Um, which I'm very excited about because Sam Greenwood, I love his takes on movies and TV shows. And I think he's a guy that sort of uh, really enjoys those things the same way we do. Uh, but very briefly, there had been this like mini ser- limited series in HBO a couple years ago uh, in 2019 that came out called The Outsider, which is based on the Stephen King book. Uh, my girlfriend and I started watching that randomly, been on my list forever, and I did enjoy it very much. It's not amazing. It's not like a you know it's not like all oh, TV's mind blowing these days. Did enjoy it very much, but I want to ask you, James, because there's a limited series in HBO right now called The Landscapers or Landscapers about this British couple that may or may not have murdered somebody. They're like a middle aged couple. They flee to France. Do you know anything about this show? Because apparently Sorry. it's based on a true story. Not on my radar. Look, my list of stuff to watch is ridiculous. We agreed yeah. that there's a certain number of movies or a certain number of shows I definitely need to catch up on by the time we talk to Sam next week. That has to take priority. And when people start throwing other show titles or other movie titles right, at me, right. it's getting to the point now where I'm getting stressed. Okay, don't get stressed. What I do want to do really quickly here is just mention the things that Sam Greenwood said that he has watched. Um, I guess the one thing, if people want to like join in next week, the one thing we've all agreed to watch is Power of the Dog because that's really easy to get at. It's on Netflix. Yes. Um, I, I, I've watched it. What's that? Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch that's and uh, Spraggy is in it. Um. I don't know why I can never remember that guy's real name anymore. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Yeah, it, uh, I did watch it. Going to reserve comment for next week. Uh, other things that Sam said he wanted to talk about are Search Party and How to with John Wilson. Uh, Search Party, I've seen most of the first season. How to with John Wilson is phenomenal. Uh, if anyone out there wants to uh, check it out before next week's show. Great. More stuff I've never heard of and I have no <laughs> idea how to watch. Uh, yeah, they're both on HBO Max, so I'm not sure how you would get them. But Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think eventually the deal with Sky in the UK will expire, and at that point, HBO will probably just go it alone and launch HBO Max in the UK market, and then we can all be aligned. Uh, let's quickly talk online poker. Uh, 
as you mentioned at the top, Joe, the Sunday Million is yeah. now... Well, I mean, it's not gone anywhere, but we're back into our routine of streaming the Sunday Million on a weekly basis. And our first Sunday Million of 2022 was on Monday night. And I did say when I left you, uh, I didn't know how much more action there was going to be. I think it probably went on for another 30, 40 minutes after I departed. Uh, But I need you to tell me what happened. I need to know. It was three-handed when I quit. There were, okay, so there was tons more action after you left, but it didn't take a long period of time, if that makes sense. Um, We got down to heads up pretty quickly after you left. The heads up match went a little bit longer than I was expecting, but it was one of those, again, you know, every Sunday million is different. This one, they tried to end it four or five times, I want to say. We were all in, all in in a call it's just the short stack prevailed every time and no situation was it ever really necessarily a bad beat. It was just flip after flip after flip. So this and was if- Constantin 88 and Goldie 6 killer, right? They were the yes. final two? Yes. And then I think the perception was that Constantine was a little bit more uh, experienced and, and maybe, um, maybe more than a little bit more experience. Uh, but after flip, after flip, after flip, went back and forth. The lead changed probably three, four times. Goldie Six Killer did end up the eventual victor, and it did not go on too long. I was glad to, to see that, you know, expecting you to work a full day and then go past midnight on a stream is a lot. So uh, me and uh, Griffin closed it on out, and it was, again, a, real, a really fun final table. Yeah, and I'm pleased with that result because Goalie Six Killer was the Belgian player whose biggest score to that point had been a few hundred dollars, right? So nice yeah. to see them walk away with like the better part of 100K in prize money and bounties. Uh, very quickly, want to point out that those of you in the United States of America, specifically those of you in the states of New Jersey, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, you're going to get your own version of the Winter Series. Uh, starts January 22nd, runs till the end of the month, and the... Th- with it being the winter series, they're all going to be freeze-outs. Get it? Winter, freeze-out, because, like, it's, yeah. Um, uh, look, I like the pun, but also, you know, from markets that aren't super huge, I think it's cool. Uh, I'm sorry, that's no pun on that one. Um, in that, you know, it's really easy to try to make the drive the guarantees up uh, and, and try to make bigger prize pools by having re-entries, but it's true. I, I think that's uh, I think that shows a little bit a little bit of chutzpah on their part to be like, yo, let's just do one entry per person. I like it. And of course, we are still living in a world where those states play individually, as it were, with three separate player pools. So we're talking yeah. about three different schedules for the three different states. Two million dollars guaranteed across all three series. Head to the PokerStars blog if you want more information. Uh, as we run through, kind of poker news joe i do feel that we have literally buried the lead this podcast has been nominated for a global poker award that's right poker in the years now i james now everyone says that they don't really care about these awards right or not everybody but a lot of people do um i i care about them when i'm nominated i don't care about them when i'm not and i don't mean that in a mean way i just mean it like hey hey good for you i'm not gonna get all bent out of shape about it has the podcast been nominated before i can't remember I don't think it has, because I'd like to think that I would have remembered. Um, So I will gratefully accept the nomination, gratefully accept being on a short list of four. Um, Fantastic to be considered when you consider the volume of poker content out there and the number of poker podcasts that actually really focus on poker rather than TV shows on Disney Plus and James Bond movies. 
Yeah, look, I mean, we found our own little sort of voice. I think that, you know, we're two guys that, you know, just want to play to our strengths. Other folks out there are very good tournament poker players and very good cash game poker players and very good um, YouTube muckrakers. And those folks uh, play to their strengths and we play to ours. And it's nice to be recognized. Um, podcast was nominated. Yep. Lex and Spraggy were nominated. For best streamer. I was nominated for best broadcaster. Now, we I know that you won't want to go too much into this James cuz I know what you like, but I I truly think and saying it on this podcast doesn't really matter and I will make a bigger deal about this publicly next year. You are the best poker broadcaster in the world. And Bless I had you. a tw- I had a tweet drafted while the voting was going on, and it was like late on a Friday night, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till it's like a higher traffic time. And do I want to kick the hornet's nest of all the people replying who will take issue with this? I don't even mean the people that I'm saying you're better than, right? Because those people understand. Um, but all of that, like, do I really want to get all these people saying like, well, I think Norm is better. I think yada, yada, yada. And I like didn't pull the trigger on it. And I feel bad about it now. James, you absolutely deserve to be nominated. I think that there is no better broadcaster of poker. Uh, I think you're deserving for broadcasting in general. Um, And it's, it's fucked up that it didn't happen. And the GPIs are flawed. I don't think it's worth complaining about to the people that run them. I don't think it's really their fault. Um, it's just sort of the nature of the business that we're in and the nature of that, like a lot of the poker players in the world live in the United States of America, right? Still the highest concentration, maybe other than like Brazil or something live in the United States of America and they don't, aren't always exposed to all of the things that other people do in other countries. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. And I think that it's very easy to look at the Global Poker Awards as being a tad US-centric, particularly in a year where nearly all live poker was played exclusively in the United States of America. Um, Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think the very concept of poker awards is ridiculous. It's an asinine concept. But I do give credit to the team at the GPI for trying to just shine a light on some of the good stuff that is going on to build interest and excitement around the game and to shine a light on people in the industry. That's what it achieves. But the actual categories, the nominees, the winners, it's just kind of uh, window it, dressing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's impossible to, to I think, to categorize everyone properly. Um, as I said before, I think that, you know, uh, that broadcasters should probably be nominated in teams. They tried that once. That didn't exactly work, I think, for a multitude of reasons. Um, you know, it's hard to, for example, this year, they actually put it in, in the T's and C's like, hey, if you don't if you don't really know about a category, it's OK to abstain. And I did that this year uh, when it came when it came to video content. I was like, I've not seen any of these things. Uh, I can't just vote on which title seems the best to me. I'm not going to go watch all of them. Uh, so I just sat out of that category. So I do think they're constantly trying to to tweak things and sort of guide people in the right direction. The fact that uh, one of the rules, I believe, I think we can talk about this. One of the rules is if you work with someone, you can't give them your top vote. I'm not 100% sure we are. 
meant to talk about the rules. Oh, Look, really? The key okay. thing is, we both got to vote. We can't say who we yeah. voted for. Not sure what the rules are and what we can say about the process. Yeah. What we can say with certainty is in a few weeks' time, probably just ahead of the ceremony, which is taking place in Vegas on the 18th of February, we will go into detail about the awards. We will talk about the nominating voting process and we'll run through all the nominees. My key question to you, Joe, is, is Eric in for this? Yes, Eric is in. Eric loves us. Eric's happy to do it. Now, James, before we move on, I do have a bit of a bombshell to drop on you. Do you remember Ender's Game? Yes. And you remember how they do the final simulation in Ender's Game, and they're like, no, no, that was actually the war. It wasn't the simulation. Ace of Butterfield, Haley Steinfeld, congratulations. You've saved the day under the watchful eye of Harrison Ford. So just to let you know, the voting for the GPIs is over. We did it. That's it. Oh. It's done. Eric messaged me yesterday after I said, please vote for our podcast. He said, voting's already taken place, by the way. You were one of those voters. So whatever... There's there's no so there's the no nominees ca- effectively are one two three and four in the results I guess right okay okay so I guess I didn't read the fine print well enough to know that the Ender's Game final simulation is the is the, is the, could potentially be the final tally so um, Eric didn't tell me not to tell anyone that so. I'm hoping that it was just something I didn't pay close enough attention to, but that's it. Okay, look, the one thing I know we can talk about with 100% certainty is the GPI players of the year, because this is based yes. purely on <laughs> on points and not about any kind of nominations or votes no or popularity contests. This is all about results. And it was, I think, just over a week ago that the Global Poker Index revealed the winners of 2021, and it was Ali Imsimovic from Bosnia and Herzegovina, who went January to December, went wire to wire, began the year number one on the rankings, never lost that number one position, ended the year 235 points ahead of Chance Cornuth, 337 points ahead of Shannon Shaw. Ali is the overall winner. So congratulations to him. Now, there are then the individual GPI National Player of the Year honors, and there are 56 different countries Uh, registered here and 56 different players receiving awards so to pick a few of the biggest a few of the key countries Canada Daniel Negreanu UK Stephen Chidwick the USA the aforementioned Chance Cornuth Germany Corey Aldemir I'm going to quiz you on a couple here don't worry okay okay Portugal think of the obvious Joao Vieira Ol Nasa was indeed the champion yes Ol Nasa Israel Israel. Um, Elia Lezra? Yuri Reichenstein. You're, oh, of course. Yuri Reichenstein from EBT Barcelona. And I'll give you a slightly harder one. As it is the year of Romania, who was the Romanian National Player of the Year? Danny Perloffis. Vlad Dari was the winner of that one. Um, so, yeah, of course, you can check out the full list if there's a particular country you're interested in. Uh, the GPI introduced a new category for 2021, what they call the mid-major player of the year. And I like this because this is basically saying 
this is events with buy-ins of up to two and a half thousand dollars because of course the overall race is going to be massively weighted in favor of people who play the 100Ks, the 250Ks, the 50Ks, even 10Ks. So this was a very heated race with David Mazarov from Azerbaijan eventually picking up the victory. But we've left one of the most important categories until last, and that is GPI Female Player of the Year. And this is a good one because... It was the first time since 2017 that Kristen Bicknell didn't win. Kristen held the title for three straight seasons. We now have a new winner. The 2021 champ is Nadia Magnus, and she is the guest on this week's show. Nadia, welcome, and, and congratulations on two fronts. First of all, congratulations on winning this award, and also congratulations on finding live poker tournaments to play in 2021. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, the, obviously, um, 20, 2021 has been great, and um, I'm anticipating 2022, but um, I'm pretty much exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure how much I'm going to play next year. Great question. That actually leads into a whole bunch of things I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, when we when we when I hit you up to be on the show here, I was a little bit surprised that you won Player of the Year. Not because I doubt Me your poker. You. <laughs> I just didn't know that you played this much poker. I had no idea because to win something like this, you got to play a lot of poker. So, is this an award that you were trying to win, or did you just uh, decide I'm going to play as much poker as I can and see what happens? No, what happened was back in 2020, um, I had a really great start. I made a final table of Lucky Hearts, um, WPT Lucky Hearts Poker Open here in uh, Florida. And I had a great start. And I'm like, oh, you know, I have a great start. Maybe I should, you know, try to go for the GPI. And um, as we all know, we know the COVID thing happened. We had lockdowns yeah. and stuff. And uh, about five months out of that year, we didn't play. But then once the uh, poker, life poker resumed, I got back on the felt and started grinding, although, you know, not the tournaments that I usually play, but whatever was available. And I was in the lead and I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm just going to win it in 2020, you know, and I don't really even have to play that much because there was like five month gap where I could just rest. Right. And so December 3rd comes, I'm in the lead. I'm number one. And GPI announces that they cancel. So I got canceled in 2020. Uh, so I gave up. I canceled my trip to Vegas. I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, try to. Because the, the lead that I had in 2020 wasn't very big. Unlike this year, it was, I want to say, maybe 30 points or something. And I still had to go to Vegas to kind of like, you know, make sure that I do win. But I didn't since um, GPA got canceled. Well, in 2021... I also had a great start and I'm like, well, let's see what happens in 2021. But, and, and I continued that way. So I stayed in the lead the entire year um, with pretty big lead, except for uh, towards the end of it, last two months were pretty tough. I hit the horrible variance where I couldn't win an all in at all. And people were just saying, just don't go all in pre-flop. Just don't, because you're not going to win. <laughs> it was, you know, it was pretty bad and pretty frustrating. So, um, and I was kind of like worried about it at that point, like, oh, you know, uh, my opponents are going to catch up and for the second year in a row, I'm not going to get it. Uh, after all this, you know, all the drama that I went through with 
it being canceled in 2020. And then, you know, as you mentioned, I did have to play quite a bit of tournaments, which I usually don't play as much because my life doesn't evolve around poker only. I have a lot of other stuff going on. And so for me to play the volume that I did, it's a lot. Like I really had to sacrifice a lot. I had to, you know, sacrifice the family, the friends and all that. And it was tough. It was really Yeah, I barely tough. saw you in 2021. You canceled all kinds of plans with me just to win this award. It's annoying. I mean, I made a flippant comment about it at the start, but I think this is very much a tale of two continents. If we were talking about Europe, there would not have been enough live poker to run any kind of player of the year contest. I'm guessing you found events. I'm guessing that last year, pretty much everything was getting back to normal. Everything. Just, yeah. Not, I would... I would say not even back to normal, but probably bigger fields than you would have had, say, in 2019. Uh, people just came back in droves to come play poker, Huge live field. poker. Yeah. Florida just killed it. And Vegas. And, you know, it was just amazing. I think yeah. WC numbers were down, but I think it uh, has something to do with being vaccinated or non-vaccinated and stuff like that. But all the other numbers across all the other series, they were up by, by a big margin. So you mentioned that, uh, you know, you have other things going on in your life besides playing poker. And that's so we'll get to the big game in a second. What I want to know is between the big game and now I've seen you a handful of times over the years, but certainly uh, I, I don't think I would have thought you were a tournament pro or, or a reg. Like, what has your life been for the last 10 years and what? sort of what amount of it has been poker cash games tournaments can you can you catch me up and what Nadia has been up to other than winning this award i've never been a big fan of cash games <laughs> regardless of the big game yeah um, well i mean cash games never i'm very competitive you know i'm very you know i want to i want to be number one and stuff like that otherwise i wouldn't have been competing for the gpi right uh, so tournaments has always been my number one priority. I mean, as of right now, I don't play cash game at all, like okay. zero. Because I have zero interest. It doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Um, but tournaments have always been. And I've been playing, I would say the last five years, I've been playing a fair amount of tournaments. Um, and I think in 2017, uh, that's when I learned about GBI. Friends have um, um, texted me. And like, oh, yeah, have you seen it? You're like in top 10 uh, females, you know, GBI. I'm like, what's GBI? You know, and that's how I found out. And I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, and I've always kind of, I wanted, I knew that I didn't play enough volume to maybe, you know, win it one day. But I was like, oh, it'd be nice to be like in top five one day. And um, I was kind of, you know, working towards that. I never got into top five. I just got to top one. <laughs> right away kind of thing but um aside from poker um i've been really kind of you know my personal life took a you know big turn kind of you know and i've been really um dedicating most of my time to my personal life if you will and we were splitting between some poker and um you know we did a lot of traveling and I got introduced to a lot of new things, you know, snowmobile and fishing and you name it, which none of it, none of it was really sticking to me because, you know, snow 
as you can see, is not. Well, also, you, there was probably no fishing competition for you to win, so that made it less probably, interesting for I you. I probably couldn't win that one. Yeah, and even now, like you can't get me on the fishing trip, uh, which I've been on a few. I've caught some some stuff, some big stuff, but so basically, that's what I've been doing, and um, eventually we kind of both, you know, came to, uh, well, got interested into like, oh, let's see, let's see if we can, you know, win this GPI female of the year. And um, my fiance has been really supportive of that. And, you know, I have to, I have to give him a huge thanks what he got through this year and last year, you know, with all my bust outs and stuff, I'm not the best person to be around when I bust out. <laughs> no, I, I dated a poker player oh, for a while. I- <laughs> yeah, no, I did a poker player for a while. And, um, you know, as as much as much as I would want to see her on a Friday night, if I was seeing her, that would mean that something really bad happened in whatever tournament she was playing. So, I can understand that's a, that's a tough situation to be in. So, uh, congrats to your fiance for being cool about that. Let's yeah, uh, let's okay. let's go back to the big game for a second. What do you remember about the big game? Can you tell us in your own words, as if we had never heard of it before? Because I, for a long time, think I misremembered uh, the big game. And I'll just start with the question of, did you win? Were you like the the winner of the season? Or did someone beat you halfway through? Because I always remember you as the winner, but I think someone corrected me once. Yeah. Here's what happened. I mean, I get, I get the bad beat again the second time with the GPI. I got the bad beat in 2020, and this was another bad beat. What happened was, originally... There was no season two in the books at all. It was just six of us and whoever wins get the NAPT passport, the North American something poker tour passport. And it was a $25,000 passport. So after we played all the six of us and I was the winner on the big game and it was a great success, right? Poker Stars comes out and says, oh, there's going to be a season two and only the winner of two seasons is going to win the passport. Uh. Uh, and I'm like, well, this isn't fair because the participants of season two know all the numbers of participants of season one. And that could, you know, they could obviously adjust their strategy and so on and so forth. And, you know, like folding aces and whatnot. Right. So that's what ultimately happened. I did win season one, uh, but I did not win season overall that just i think what ended up happening was they made a second half of season one right if i remember correctly and then there was a different season two but either way yeah i can understand why that wasn't it's not that we the participants of season one of the first six were aware of that it wasn't originally the plan the originally plan was okay here's six of you whoever wins gets it I'm just going to say at this point, I had nothing to do with the big game, and I therefore feel that your your anger here mu- absolutely should be directed at my bearded colleague, who was very well, much part it's, of the show. Been, it's been 12 years, so you know I've come down a little bit, just a little, <laughs> just bit. A little bit. Nobody <laughs> knows that I was the Kaiser Soze I behind the scenes. About but- it without tears in my eyes. <laughs> I was the, I was the Kaiser Soze making all these decisions behind the scenes, and not just a guy that. getting paid like one hundred and fifty dollars a day and taking home what I could in craft service because it was my first ever TV poker job. Um, so let's talk about Nadia uh, be- between the big game and winning the GPI. 
uh, as you know, the game has come a long way, right? Like the game has changed a lot. We are just sort of starting to get into modern day strategy when the big game was a thing and where it has come from, come since then uh, is miles and miles away. What have you done specifically to keep up with the game? Like studying is a big part of it now. Is that something you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started, well, first of all, right in 2017, well, 2017 or 2019, back when we decided, oh, I need to get into top five. I'm like, all right, I need some something more serious than just watching, you know, whatever I can content I can get online. And I started working with Jason Somerville. And uh-huh. yeah, he was, uh, you know, helping me a lot. And he actually was the first one who got me started with, you know, this whole GBI thing. And he helped me tremendously. You know, he's really, he's really a great guy and absolutely great coach, you know, um, he he's a very busy person yeah but we found our moments and he really like helped me a lot and then from then on i've always you know i've always been studying on my own like if i'm not you know I'm, simply because i'm obsessed with poker i would watch the streams you know i would watch whatever the site i could sign up for and watch training videos which you know i think um, run it once is great source because I'm on it and I get a lot of uh, great information from that. I watch all the high rolls. I watch all your streams, guys, you know, always getting, I'm sorry. you know, new, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a psychological trauma. I'm still trying to recover from, uh, and, then, and then, um, I kind of met people through poker. Uh, they're from, um, uh, kind of like Russian Ukrainian community. Uh, poker, uh, poker players and uh, some of them are you know really like top online players and we have a, a group chat where we discuss our hands and that helped me a lot you know the mountain team in particular you know and then and poker age i think the two groups that are big out there in um russia and ukraine and uh, th- that helped me a lot and i study um I had to, I've been resisting forever not to do that, not to work with solvers. I absolutely hate that. But I started doing that. I and started doing that. And that it kind of, you know, um, I'm, I'm working not on the, I'm not on the solver that takes forever to run the tree. That one I have no patience for, like what's so like, absolutely. But I started with Odin and that one, you know, that one's quick. You kind of get your answer, you know, kind of, you know, quick and you can, figure out Hanson. That's what I do. And I got hooked on that one. Like you can just, you know, I can just lay in bed and put the info in forever and try to figure out, especially after you come back from a bust out and you're not sure about your hand, you just put it in the software and you're like, Hmm. Were there ever any just mind blowing moments where you got an answer completely different than what you were expecting or something you've thought for years that's changed your uh, that that working with solvers and or studying has sort of changed your perspective on certain situations. You're like I was doing something totally wrong, and now uh, my my eyes are open. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that because for that to happen, I think you should go from maybe like complete beginner to all of a sudden working with solvers. Um, because if you're constantly playing the game and if, and if you're constantly, you know, talking to people that are playing the game, especially on the high level, uh, you just, you just don't do something completely different from what 
you know, the, from what the field and, you know, tap field is doing. Uh, like completely different answer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no, maybe like on certain streets in certain hands, you're kind of like, Oh, wow. I would have played it this way. But mm -hmm. like, you know, the solver says it this way and that way. The only thing is like in, um, you know, that solver that I was talking about that Odin um, poker, uh, you can't account for like a bubble and that kind of situation where, you know, Oh, I'm playing this because of the bubble. But you put in the solver and it tells you, okay, you're playing it this way. I'm like, well, yeah, if we weren't on the bubble, I would have played it differently. But stuff like that. But I wouldn't say it was like something completely drastically different because uh, I didn't get, maybe because I didn't get into solvers right when they just popped up. Sure. You know, I just got into solvers later on where I've already been getting information from, you know, the streams, the people that I talk to. And my game has already been been different it's already has changed so, so having aimed for this title having achieved this accolade what is next we reference the fact that you have basically dethroned Kristen bicknell who won this title three years in a row still do Chris you now but do you now feel that there is pressure on you to defend do you feel that you now have to go back to back maybe make it four years in a row just to kind of like go one better no, I, absolutely not. In fact, um, I'm not even going to try to defend it this year um, either. And I will tell you why. Um, As she sits in Florida waiting for a tournament to start in one hour from now. Yeah, but um, probably, <laughs> probably going to see that one today. But still, the reason being, I'll tell you what my next goal is. But first, I want to say why I'm not going to defend the title this year. Oh, I'm not going to try at least. I mean, if it does happen somehow, some way, it's fine. But, um, and if I have to like, you know, at the very end, you know, play a little more tournaments, I will, but it's not going to be my goal. Whereas last year, it was definitely my goal. Right. So in order, as you mentioned, in order to win the title, you have to play a lot of volume. You just absolutely must. And it's very tough to do if you're not in your 20s or even in your 30s, simply because grinding every day and then going to bed and I can believe it. recuperating, it's not available to you anymore. Like in your 20s, even in your 30s, you go to bed, you wake up, you're fresh and you're ready to grind again. Unfortunately, at certain age, as I am now, it is not the case. You know, I go to bed and I wake up tired. I just need more days off in between than usual. So I would say in order to win it, you have to be a certain age. And especially it applies for the player of the year, like overall. I don't think anybody over the age of 35 is ever gonna win the player of the year, GPI, not female, but um, yeah. overall, whenever. there is no way. You have to be single and you have to be young and healthy. There is, there is no other way. You just can't do it otherwise. Unless you like go on some sick hitter and you know you just win three tournaments in a row and you get like 700 points per each, you know, and then you can just relax for the rest of it. Uh, other than that, it's just it's just the continuous grind. You just pretty much have to grind. And I don't think I have mentally and physically that much of a grind left in me to continue and win it in the second year. In fact, I think for to win this kind of title, you need A, and it's number one, it's motivation. 
you have to be super motivated and really want to win it. Like it has to be your primary goal. You have to be obsessed with it. Motivation B, you have to have bankroll because in order to win this, there is like, you probably need roughly like 2,500 points and you probably need on average 200 point, points per result. So in order to get that, you have to play buy-ins on average. Average buy-in should be around $3,000. So you, you definitely have to have a bankroll for that. And number three, you um, there was number three, which kind of like slipped through my mind right now, but there was like a definite, uh, oh, and the skill, obviously, and the yeah. skill. But I, I would say skill, it does not play a number one role in this. Sure. Number one role would be motivation to grind and ability to grind. Just, just like, and if you were to ask me, who do I think is going to be a female, a, a 2022 GPI female, I think it's going to be Vanessa Cade. Uh, it's, I think it's actually going to be between Vanessa Cade and uh, the girl, the Russian girl that came in fifth. I think she came in fifth. Oh, fourth. No, she came in fourth. Sonia Veronica. So, Skill-wise, you know, they both have great skill. They both have bankroll. And I'm just not aware. I'm, not, I'm just not sure of Sonia's um, motivation. But I think Vanessa is extremely motivated. And I think she would be the one to look out for. Yeah, based on those three factors, I would agree. And uh, I think that it's interesting to hear you say that because a lot of people don't come on here and talk about that that much, right? That how the motivation is really the motivation and ability um, and ability doesn't necessarily mean poker ability. It means the ability to play in all these yeah. these events, both energy wise and and bankroll wise. Like those are great points. Yeah, bankroll absolutely. And then uh, therefore, my goal this year. Well, I have I think the two and three. I don't have number one anymore since I already got it. But my motivation this year is going to be: I finally want to win a tournament. <laughs> I came in third, second. Fourth, you know, I just want to win. I mean, I've had one, you know, before, like, you know, I have a couple of rings and whatnot, but I want to win like a, a WPT title or WSOP bracelet or win millions title. This is, this is going to be my goal. I just want to win a tournament. I mean, winning a tournament is really, really hard, but if anybody can do it, so is winning the GPI Player of the Year Award. So, uh, you know, I like your chances, Nadia. Uh, we always torture our guests by having them play a dumb trivia game before they leave. You have uh, no chance of winning this, by the way. I, I th absolutely. The thing is, I'm not, not even understand the question because I've, I've listened to some of your questions. I'm like, hmm, they're like so like culture related, which I'm like not, you know, necessarily from that background. So I might... Well, guess what, Nadia? I'm like, huh? What do you mean? Almost all these people are from a somewhat similar background as you are. This game, Nadia KGB, is called Nadia ABC. And it's a primer on all things about famous Nadias. All right. It's just trivia questions about other Nadias, Nadia ABC. And this first one. This should be an easy one. This is the Nadia that comes to everyone's mind when they hear the word Nadia. Question number one. At the age of 14, Nadia Comaneci was the first Olympic gymnast to re receive the score of, was it 10, 5, 0, or 5 bags of popcorn? 10. 10, that's correct. All right, we're on the board. One for one. 
Uh, fun fact, in, in high school, my friend Eric got catfished by a girl who was claiming to be Nadia Comaneci. Uh, they had a lot of phone sex, and that's hilarious because uh, none of us did the math that she would have been about 35 at the time having sex with a 15-year-old boy. So, so anyway, basically, you and Eric are both idiots. Yes, absolutely. Question number two. In the movie American Pie, foreign exchange student Nadia was played by which actress? I've never seen the movie. Go ahead. I've heard about it a lot. Never seen the movie. Go ahead. Was it play was she played by Natasha Leone, Tara Reed, Shannon Elizabeth, or Jason Biggs? <laughs> oh my god. Um Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth is correct. You're two for two. Here's another fun fact. Shannon Elizabeth and I smooched once on New Year's Eve. That's right. I told that story twice in the same podcast. Jesus Here we go. Christ. Question If you number bring that three. up during the Superfan quiz as well, if you try and go for three, I will, will cut you off. This the, the quiz later in the show is about American Pie too. It's been a running theme today. Okay. Question number three. This is one where the culture may get you, Nadia, because I don't think you're too much of a trashy reality TV person. Nadia Suleiman is better known by what name? Is it Tan Mom, Octo Mom, the Chicago Party Ant, or Dame Edna? Um, Can you repeat the, the choices? The choices are Tan Mom, Octo Mom, Chicago Party Ant or Dame Edna? Oh, Tan Mom? Tan Mom is so close. Octo Mom, she was famous for having eight children all at once. Eight twins, octuplets, if you will. Fun fact there, she now has 14 children. Jesus. That could be you one day, Nadia. <laughs> no, never. I'm done. <laughs> I already have one. <laughs> Question number four. Nadiezda Tol... Tolokonikova, a.k.a. Nadia Tolokno, is a member of what punk rock group? Is it Pussy Riot, Fanny Riot, Bajingo Riot, or Otter's Pocket Riot? The Pussy one. (laughs) Pussy Riot is correct. Nadia is three for four. Fun fact. Fun fact, one time I tried to say Otter's Pocket on a TV show not knowing it was slang for vagina. I remember that day. Yeah, I remember us having to basically is, look up the urban dictionary definition and explain to Joe why the joke had to be cut. I was quite embarrassed. Question number five. There's only seven questions. You're almost at the end here. You're three for four. While on that subject of Otter's Pockets, Nadia Okomato is a social entrepreneur famous for creating a nonprofit organization that distributes menstrual hygiene products and advocates ending the tampon tax. What is the name of that organization? Is it Feminine Bygene, Period Inc., 28 Days Later, or Anti-Flows Kids? The first one. Feminine Bygene is a good guess, but it's actually Period Inc., Period Inc., the name of that organization. I tell you what, this Nadia should definitely have called on you, Joe, for as a for as a branding expert <laughs> to have suggested that alternative name. 
I think she's almost a billionaire. She's doing fine on her own. Two questions left. (laughs) Nadia Murad, an Iraqi peace activist now living in Germany, has won the Nobel Peace Prize. And what other award is it? The Glamour Award for the woman who stood up to ISIS. The Cosmopolitan Award for women who are brave AF. The Teen Vogue Award for the woman who told Saddam to suck it. Or BuzzFeed's top 25 freedom fighters you didn't know were actually hotties. The fact that any of those is an actual answer (laughs) is a problem. Number two? (laughs) Number two. uh, The Cosmopolitan Award for the women who are brave AF is very, very close. It was actually the Glamour Award for the woman who stood up to ISIS. Who were the other nominees? And is this an annual award? I have no idea. I I, I didn't I didn't go that deep into it. All right, Nadia, now you're three and three. Okay. You're three and three. Uh Woman I know I- that you're you're competitive and you like to win, so you had to get you have to get this one right to have a winning score. And this is American pop culture, a TV show you probably didn't have time to watch last year. It's called I- What We Do in the Shadow. What we do in the shadows. And on the show there's a vampire, her name is Nadia Antipoxus. And she refuses to eat a group of virgins because they are going to taste too what? Are they going to taste too sad, too spicy, too lemony, or too legit to quit? Too sad? Too sad is correct, Nadia. She did it the last second. Oh, my God. It came down to the last tournament of the year. But- oh, my God. Nadia, the ex- I, I don't I don't even want to deal with whatever Nadia was going to whatever mood she was going to be in if she didn't win this because I've seen unhappy Nadia. Well, and- it does prompt one final question is what means more to you, Nadia? The fact that you're <laughs> one of only a handful, possibly one of five people in the history of this podcast to one Joe's quiz or GPI female player of the year. Obviously the GPI. It just <laughs> wow, doesn't even doesn't even entertain it for a second. It's not Nadia- a flip. It's a hidden domination. Yes, Nadia, thank you so much for taking the time for us. It's always really nice to see you. Um, by the way, you said that your your uh, your boyfriend, your fiance, has forced you to go fishing before. Uh, you took one of my girlfriends out on a boat. It was not a fishing vessel, if I remember correctly. It was a fucking yacht. So I'm guessing there's been other fun times on boats as well. Yeah, there was a fishing boat. <laughs> Next time, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you, Joe and James. Thanks, Nadia. Right, time for our next caller. Who is on line two? It's this week's superfan, Jason Williams. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Welcome. What's up, Jason? Hey, Joe. You all right? I'm good, man. Where Where are you at? What's What's your deal, bro? Um, I live not too far from Newcastle. Um, just live in a little small village. I'm a gardener, so... This time of year, there's not much to do though, so just playing poker for most of it, most of it. Is there ever a time of year when the weather is favourable to working outdoors in the northeast of England? <laughs> um, yeah, August. <laughs> <laughs> there's a three-week period when I'm on holiday when the weather is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever? I'm glad that you're playing poker in the off season, but do you ever feel pressure to have like a, a real winter job also? Um, pork has been quite good to me, really, um, during that kind of period of time. Yeah. Tell us about it. Brag. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, well, last year I had a very deep run in the blog series. I came, I think it was 47th out of a gazillion runners in the 109. Um, it was day three. And I ended up getting aces all in against ace, queen and nine, nine. And two queens came. So that was that. I think it would have been just about chip leader. I mean, 40-something out of thousands and thousands and making a day three online, that's like making a day seven in a live tournament, right? So Yeah. Yeah. You you two were commentating on it as well, actually. The, yeah. The final day. Yeah, that was a big event. Um, yeah. I love the way you managed to work in a bad beat story there. <laughs> Fine with me. I'll allow the, it, Jason. The question was about your poker successes and giving you an opportunity to boast. And what did you do? Yeah. You hard segued into a bad beat story. Uh, it, James, it if those two queens don't come, he probably would have made the final table. Yeah. You know? I, I keep telling myself it was probably about 30K in equity, that hand. I ended up only getting four and a half. So it's just one of them things, isn't it? Only four and a half thousand dollars. Hey, look, talk to the other guy in this conversation. He would dream of spots where he can go deep enough to win four and a half thousand dollars. That's true. Obviously, no four-figure score on the line here today, Jason. There is a Sunday yeah. Million ticket up for grabs, though. Uh, you have chosen the movie American Pie as your specialist subject. Now, I said at the top of the show, I have not seen this for a long, long time. I loved it when it first came out. My yeah. concern, and I guess I have to ask you as someone who probably has rewatched it more recently, does it hold up? Does it stand the test of time or does it make you wince now? Yeah, no, I think it stands the test of time and um, some of the women on it are just beautiful. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think it's still okay to say women are beautiful in certain contexts. I think that's still something. Yeah, like I just look back and just can just remember being a, a teenage boy and absolutely fantasizing over Tara Reid and Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> well, Jason... When you go back and listen to the show, there's a story I told earlier that uh, that you'll either love or you'll hate uh, regarding <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth based on my experience with her. But now, uh, we were all there. One yeah. hashtag fun fact about American Pie um, in the late 90s was when I was working in showbiz, doing the junket circuit, running an entertainment newsroom. And so I was across all of the industry publications and like the movie magazines. And I remember when this film first started shooting. And I remember that the original plot was different. And wow. as soon as I tell you what they changed, you will 100% understand why they changed it. You'll remember that the four guys in the cafe decide that they are going to form a pact, right? Yeah. That they are going to lose their virginity before the end of the school year. Mm -hmm. In the original script, the pact was that if they fail, they will kill themselves. Oh my god <laughs> that's uh, pretty dark <laughs> yeah and you can now understand why universal may have been like yeah let's just keep suicide out of this pg-13 rated comedy yeah i do want to say that if you i don't know if you've seen it jason that there is like a modern version of this called blockers about a group of girls that set out to lose their virginities on uh prom night and right. uh i think that it's a really good sort of balancing of the tale and a little bit less a little bit more heartwarming and a little more touching and you can kind of understand like oh yeah also there's another side to this equation and it's also fucking hilarious if you haven't seen it so <laughs> no i've not i've not seen it i can remember watching american pie for the first time and um, my dad bought a dvd player and he got like seven dvds with it and it cost like i don't know 350 pounds back then and they were so random it was like gladiator kevin and perry go large american pie <laughs> So I, I just picked it up and, and watched it when my dad wasn't there and 
Uh, yeah, right. Ever since. I assume you've taken the sensible decision not to watch any of the countless spin-offs featuring Stifler's third cousin twice removed. No, I did buy the box set, but I've not. Oh even man, I've not even watched them ones because. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, how many come in the box set? Like, how many are there? Um, there's eight in the box set, but there's actually eight? a ninth. There's a ninth one that came out last year. Holy shit! It. Oh man, I gotta catch up on some of these. Okay, I remember no, thinking. Don't. Don't catch two, up on any of them. Two was all right. And then I think the third one was like pretty good, right? Like American I, Wedding was the third one. I like the wedding. I thought the second one was that. a bit weak, but I really like the third one. But then we start getting into the spinoff territory. Yeah, right. I also thought the reunion one, like the fourth one, which they did like 10 years down the line was yeah. pretty poor as well. Yeah, that was pretty Anywho, poor. the subject of the quiz is the original, the 1999 movie. Uh, Jason, usual format, 10 questions, multiple choice options available. If you need them, please give me a number between one and 10. I was coming seven. Number seven. What subject does Nadia ask Jim to help her study? Ooh. Can I have the options? You can. The options are English literature, geography, world history, or mathematics. Um, mathematics. The answer was actually world history. Oh. Interesting that that will be a detail about that entire setup and scene that someone might forget. Um, <laughs> Joe, any number other than seven? Yeah. By the way, I did. I I was like, ah, I've, I saw this movie like at the age where I remembered everything, so I have not rewatched American Pie. So this could be an absolute shit show. It seems like between me and Jason right now. I do think that luck is going to play a major factor in here. Just scrolling through the questions. It is lucky dip. Some are piss easy. Some are really hard. All right, let's go. You know, I never choose five. Question okay. five, please. What does Stifler do to sabotage Finch's chances of getting a date? I'm going to think out loud here for a second. I think he somehow... Oh, no, wait. Stifler's chances. What is Stifler? Yeah, I think he get, gives him diarrhea somehow, but maybe that's not specific enough. I'll, I'll take the choices. Does he pay Jessica to spread lies about him, film him dancing embarrassingly, put laxatives in his coffee, or beat him up? Laxatives in his coffee. Correct for a single point. And Jason, it's your question. Seven and five have gone. Number one. Number one. Which cartoon character does Jim think is really hot? <laughs> oh, dear. We're going to have to have the options. Is it Ariel, Snow White, Jasmine, or Tarzan? Ariel. It is Ariel from The Little Mermaid. We all, we all agree on that, though, right? <laughs> Joseph. Uh, eight, please. What song plays when Jim walks up to Nadia at the party? Good luck. Um, I, I actually was a big fan of the soundtrack. I'll take, I, I'll take the choices. Okay, is it American Pie? I will always love you. I say a little prayer at last. I'm going to go with say a little prayer. No, it was at last. At last. Uh, and I believe I'm right in saying that the song American Pie doesn't feature on the soundtrack at all. I, I don't no. think it is either. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. It's tied, by the way, one point each as we enter round three. It's number 10. Number 10 is available. What food does Kevin's brother recommend while in the restaurant? Sushi. I'm going to need you to be more specific. 
Ooh. Can I have the options then, please? Is it the hot salmon wrap, tasty tuna munch, little salmon soft bite, or the spicy tuna hand roll? Um, option A, the first one. No, it was the spicy tuna hand ah. roll. Option D. Oh, no. oh, Patrick, Too bad all the choices were sushi. That was unlucky. Okay, uh, two, three, four, six, or nine, Joe? Uh, let's go with four, please. What is the nickname of the nerdy ginger character? The Shermanator. Correct for two points, and Joe takes okay. a three-one advantage <laughs> going into the mm. penultimate round. Two, three, six, or nine, Jason. Number two. Number two. What animal is seen with the band while watching Nadia and Jim's live stream? Mm. A little. It's like a little monkey. But it is a monkey, correct. That's all I needed. Don't <laughs> worry, I need the breed. That will give well, you. Well, who knows? He's like, was it a capuchin? Was it a was it a marmoset? I, I, think, the, I think the band was um, Blink One Eight Two as well, wasn't it? Really? Oh, I remember that. God. All I know is that there's that classic comedy cliche that if you ever need to up the comedic ante, put a monkey in the scene. <laughs> Uh, Joe, where are we? Three, six, or nine? Mm, I'm just wondering if I if I pick nine, if I'm going to get Patrick. All right, I'll go for it. Let's go. Going to go with nine. Which musical instrument does Michelle use in an interesting fashion? It's a band camp. It's a. Is it a clarinet? Is it a flute? Is it a trombone? I think one time at band camp, she plays. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a flute. Oh. Correct for two points. <laughs> okay, we're going into the final round. Jason, you are two points behind. You can pick question three, or you can pick question six. Question six. What is the name of the actor who plays Jim's dad? Eugene Levy. It is Eugene Levy. No, the- it's Levy. That doesn't count. <laughs> The consistent link between all of the terrible spin-off movies. Jim's the dad. Only, only person who continued to take a check. <laughs> I'm okay, pretty sure Joe. the character is called Jim's dad also, by the way, like in in all the future. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so here's the deal, Joe. Question three. Yeah. It's a tied game. Five points yeah. each. So you only okay. need a single point to win. So you can take the options if you need them. It is a classic Patrick question, though. Who is the first character seen on screen? Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm not doing this just to be dramatic. I have to take the choices, yeah. but I don't know how that would really even help me because <laughs> it's going to put four names in my head instead of just the one or two I can name now. Is it Oz, Jim, Kevin, or Vicky? I think it's Kevin. It was not. It was Jim. So we do have a tied game, and that means we are going (laughs) to the tiebreaker round. Mm. So you have a choice as our guest, as our superfan, Jason. You can allow Joe to answer the question, and you can take the over-under, because it's going to be a numerical answer, or you can set the line. Um, I'll let Joe go first. Okay, Joe, message me privately with your answer the question is how old was jason biggs when the film was released in 1999 actually you don't need to message me privately you can say it out loud and then jason's going to take plus or minus okay i'm going to guess he was age 22 
22 is the number that Joe is going with. Do you think Jason Biggs was younger or older than 22 when the movie was released? I think he was 22 as well. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to give you a clue here. He was not 22. There you so, go. do you think oh. he was older or younger than 22? Older. He was 21. Oh. I'm so sorry, Jason. <laughs> You lost a coin flip. Not quite <laughs> as bad as the Aces Ace Queen situation, uh, but still pretty unlucky. But fear not, my friend. You are still going to get some PokerStar swag. We'll sort you out with some merch. Uh, thank you for picking this movie. Thank no you problem. for volunteering to come on the show. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Gigi. I don't feel so bad since you already seem like you're a winning poker player. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need our yeah. ticket. Um, just one more thing. Joe, I used to uh, listen to all your Huff and Stapes episodes. I went back in 2004. 15, I think it was, 2014. Oh, listen through them all. <laughs> oh, wow, man. That's awesome. I, I, I missed that show probably more than I've ever missed anything. It's nice to hear, man. I'm glad I'm glad uh, that still lives on in somebody's mind. <laughs> Cheers. No problem. All right, my babies. We are just about out of time for this week's show. Remember to use Discord to comment on the show, to submit your ideas, your super fan applications, and if I may, preach from my soapbox just a little bit. Discord's kind of be becoming the way of the future for people to uh, communicate on a wide variety of topics, and almost every single thing I'm being asked to participate in these days requires the use of Discord, and I have avoided it for a long time, and it is a little bit daunting piece of software to use. I can't recommend enough to dive into this thing and get involved because it really is sort of uh, how things are going moving forward. Yeah, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. You don't have to download the software. You can access Discord via a web page. Just create a free account and then join the Pokestar server. And it works a bit like a forum, our yeah. channels, right? You just see the thread that's relevant to you and you post in it whether you want to apply to be a super fan whether you want to suggest something we should do or someone we should talk to on the show or just give us feedback or comment on what's happened i think that's all really good advice that's that made it easier for me realizing that it's kind of just a message board that's a little bit yeah. more live coming up next week it's our 2022 entertainment roundup well it's our 2021 entertainment roundup in 2022, there wouldn't be much to round up this year. Well, of course there would, because there's insane amounts of content anywhere. Anyway! So, you ran through <laughs> some of the stuff that Sam Greenwood has seen. Let me tell you what I have seen and what okay. I want to talk about next week. Uh, the latest Marvel series, Hawkeye. Uh, all current episodes because i believe they're coming out every wednesday of the latest star wars show the book of boba fett the netflix movies the power of the dog and don't look up the latter of which i haven't seen yet i will briefly talk about the uh peter jackson beatles documentary all 78 hours of it um and also just will touch on a couple of reality shows on netflix Queer Eye Season 5. I'm going to keep on banging the drum for Queer Eye. It is an absolute joy. Every single episode is awesome. Those guys are amazing. And also Cheer. Season 2 just dropped on Netflix. If you have not seen Cheer, go back to the very start, but be prepared for a major, major shock when you hit the second season. I mean, who would have, had, who would have put money on the two of us, one of us recommending a reality show about cheerleaders? Would anyone have picked James? Anyone at all? 
All right, guys. Well, we're going to talk to Sam Greenwood about a bunch of that stuff. For me, just really quick, being the Ricardos, Wheel of Time, Don't Look Up, The Harder They Fall, Kingsman, Book of Boba Fett, The New Jim Gaffigan, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, New Cherry Flavor was a Netflix show I also watch. If you guys have strong opinions on any of those, fire them off in the Discord. Uh, so we can read them aloud when we touch on those things in the show. However, for now, that is all of the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.